Everybody, welcome to another edition of Strangers in the Alps podcast. Hello, <laughs> I'm Gabe, and we got Henry on the other end. How you doing, Henry? Dude, I am good, man. Thank you. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. It's been a while since we actually sat down and recorded one. We had a few built up in the bank, so <laughs> yeah, man. Feeling like a kind of like like the the newbie jitters or something. I don't know. I'm <laughs> up my buttons. I'm not paying attention to things. Well, man, we hit it hard for so long, like just recording like two, three times a week, you know, and yeah, um, and really we've only gone a couple of weeks without recording, but it feels like forever. You are exactly right with that. It does feel like forever, but we're glad to be back and yeah. uh, hopefully you guys haven't dropped off. I know we talked about at one point trying to do these weekly versus biweekly and we weren't sure. We said maybe weekly, but I think at the very least, we'll put one out by uh, biweekly. But I, I want yeah. to make sure that, you know, we get a couple to, you know, two to four out a month at least. And I, I think, you know, the listeners would appreciate that. Yeah, for sure. And the thing is, too, guys, if you're listening, um, you know, clearly Gabe and I don't do this professionally. And, and also, um, we, we don't want to put a rush product out. You know, we want everything to be... Um, to be very organic. And, and we, we want you guys to know that, you know, we don't go into these things with scripts or anything like that. So what you're getting is really us. And, and we just don't want to like rush that. We don't want to feel like we're giving you guys a bad product. So. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, we, it's authentic conversations that we're having about topics. Sometimes we know what we're talking about. Sometimes we don't, but uh, hopefully yeah. we'll just, uh, you know, kind of discover things along the way and along with you guys too. So lots of shit going on in the news lately. Um, to be honest, like I've kind of been in and out of the news, you know, with, with, the, when we were in the holidays, I just kind of went in holiday mode and, you know, I watch TV and watch movies and, you know, catch the news and all that. But sure. It used to be a point that I'm just get a little tired of being barraged with the news and, you know, everything being political and sure. Stuff. So just kind of, kind of unplug a little bit. And I think I'm still kind of in that unplugged phase. Nice. But, uh, but yeah, um, I know you mentioned a few things that you wanted to bring up. So, yeah, man. I kind of take the floor and then talk about a few topics here. We can get into them. I'm taking the floor. I, I have the proverbial conch shell for going back to Lord of the Flies. Um, <laughs> uh, well, you know, listen, I, I kind of wanted to tell everybody listening um, about our weekend. Um, both of our boys recently for, for gifts have gotten, you know, some like D and D starter stuff. And I, I think both of them got exposed to dungeons and dragons, um, from stranger things. I, I think, is that where Tristan heard of it? Pretty much. Yeah. I used to watch the old cartoon that used to be on Saturday morning. I don't know if you ever Oh, sure. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I, I was always fascinated by it because i've always loved fantasy and mm-hmm. the fantasy art and all that so i had talked to him a little bit about it but as uh, to be honest and to be fair it wasn't just tristan like i've been wanting to play for years right and uh and you presented me with an opportunity to so anyway go go ahead I'll yeah no that's no, no that's tight um so yeah um 
I never played as a kid either. I, I've, I've played a couple times as an adult. Um, I've talked a little bit, I think, in a, in a couple episodes about coming from a very religious background. And so, yeah. um, you know, my, my mom always was uh, was afraid of things kind of turning me over to the devil or getting me demon possessed. And at the time that's what like the greater church was teaching that, you know, dungeons and dragons and magic, the gathering, these things were going to turn you away from God, which <laughs> was just kind of a looking back is a very strange uh, position to hold. But now as an adult and as a parent, all those things that I wanted to do as a kid, I, I get to do with my son. You know what I mean? Um, and Dungeons, yeah, and Dungeons and Dragons is one of them. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I get to share that. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, we, a couple of years ago, we got into like Magic the Gathering, for example. Um, and that's pretty fun. And, uh, and it was something that I, you know, got kind of big when you and I were about in middle school is when it really started to take off, I think. Yeah. I actually bought like a deck of Magic cards or a couple packs at least back yeah. when I was in middle school. And, uh, I had like a, one friend who would play, but we tried to play once and we really didn't know what we were doing or I didn't at least. And <laughs> yeah. So they kind of got shelved, but I still have them tucked away somewhere. Um, I was just fascinated by the artwork, to be honest. Like I was always in a comics yeah. because of the artwork and sure. all this stuff. And so uh, that that's the real kind of spark of it all. And plus I loved like the medieval fantasy, all that type of stuff. Of course. So, yeah. Yeah. Listen, I'm, I'm right there with you. Um, right there with you um so yeah so dungeon of the dragons so both of our boys kind of got the dungeon of the dragon stuff and and we have been talking about for a couple months at least about getting together and and trying to put a game together but um we didn't really know i i have some friends that that are really kind of into this stuff and, and could run a couple games, but they were unavailable um, the weekend that we were trying to put it all together. So I, I ended up kind of writing the campaign and really diving into the rules and, and doing my best to, to, to run, um, to run a, a campaign for us. And um, man, it just, it turned out super fun. Um, you know, it, it was Gabe and, and his wife, Angela and, and my wife, uh, Becca joined in and, and both of our boys, hopped in and then uh another buddy of mine jumped in and uh man we just had a, a really good time it's super fun and surprisingly immersive i feel like it was you did a great job i mean this is coming from somebody who doesn't have any, any experience with it uh really <laughs> but right. uh but you i felt that you did a great job and i enjoyed it i mean we left it off we spent like two days playing <laughs> yeah we did yeah we, we really geeked out like like you had a cooler of ice and drinks and stuff. Like we really dedicated ourselves to it. Oh yeah. It was, it was great. It but was it fun. really, it was an escape because we just came up and we hung out and stayed at your place. And then, uh, just, just dove into that. Yeah. And, uh, and on top of that, I brought Jedi challenges that augmented reality game. Oh so, yeah. Yeah. That was fun, dude. <laughs> so we had the headset and we were totally geeking out with everything, but, uh, it was, it was really fun to get to do that. Yeah. And, but yeah, you really did a great job, man. It was really immersive and you put a lot of time and effort in, into the story that, that yeah, you man. created. And I can't wait to get back up and pick back up on the on the campaign you had there. That was I loved it. We loved it so much. We actually went out 
they had like little miniatures and that's one thing that's always fascinated me too. Yeah. When I was a kid was like the little miniatures of all the tabletop games, especially mm-hmm. the ones that, you know, they actually had like little moss and trees glued onto things and, mm-hmm. you know, this, all this constructed stuff. I always loved art and things with my hands and building. So, I mean, that's right up my alley. Sure. But, uh, we, we came home and we spent like two days just scouring the internet at, like for all, all the different miniatures you can buy and trying to find the right one for our characters. And we actually bought them and they're like the unpainted ones. So we have to prime them, paint them and everything, which I'll love that whole process. But, but yeah, I can't wait to get them all wrapped up and, and finished up and then bring them up and, and finish the campaign with you with them. It'll be great. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about it too. Aiden's birthday is is coming up here. And so he's asked for some miniatures and things. So it'll be, yeah, it'll be really fun to to get back into it and continue it, man. Yeah. My character was a barbarian dwarf. So I've been scouring the internet looking for like all these like fighting dwarves and yeah, we kind of had like this, this funny kind of image and, uh, in our heads about it because of like some decisions that we made in the campaign where like, I'm like this hairy shirtless dwarf guy and my ax is stuck in this sea monster. And I'm like holding onto the ax and risking like dying to retrieve my ax from it. And yeah, and we, we had some good laughs about it. So, uh, we kind of had this mental image. So, yeah. uh, I found a guy and he looks like a wild barbarian and he's, he is a dwarf, you know, and he's got the giant ax and everything. And I think you'll love him when I bring him up. I think, I think he totally encapsulates. Yeah. I I can't wait. And that was the thing, man, you kind of sold it short there. So like during this part of the, of the, of the campaign, um, the, uh, the players basically encounter like a sea monster um, cause you know, they're on their way to this port city uh, via ship and they, they encounter this sea monster and they're all having to fight it. And, and this, you know, big sea monster, you know, it's got tentacles and its head kind of pops up out of the water. And so Gabe makes a decision with his, with his dwarf character to, <laughs> to jump off the boat and, and try to get onto the sea monster's head and, and hit him with his ax. And, um, man, it, it, you know, if I got you several, I got several high rolls right in a row that yes, went, yeah. me to do it. So I was already kind of on fire. So I just went with it. Yeah. that And that was what was crazy. It was like, man, like you really should have been in Vegas. So if you haven't played Dungeons and Dragons uh, without going real deep into it, basically like all the, the damage that you do and your ability to do certain things are all based off of like a score that your character gets plus like the roll of a dice. So yeah, there's, kind of, there's always some, kind of a chance to it. That's exactly what I was going to say. It's kind of just left up to chance with the, with the dice. Yeah, 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 yeah. So so Gabe is just on a roll, rolling like 17 and higher. Um, and, you know, his, his character like jumps out and makes it to the head of this beast. And then, um, you know, they've already done a decent amount of damage to it. But then he rolls like uh, a 20, which basically means that you hit harder than you would normally hit. And he rolled his damage and like almost maxed out the damage that, he, that you, that you could have done. I think, man, Yeah, um, it was just so much damage and it was so funny. So, but like, you know, as the, the dungeon master, you kind of make these decisions. I'm thinking, okay, he's like in the water and he just like buried his ax into this thing's head. Like, is he going to be able to get it out? And so again, you have to kind of do like what's called like a strength check to see. And, and that was the first time in a run of like 10 rolls that you rolled like a two or something. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And so rather than leaving the ax, he makes the decision 
that he's going to hold on for one more whole turn and start sinking with the the uh, the monster just to get his axe back. And and he ended up rolling high enough the next turn and getting it. It was great, man. It was awesome. Yeah, it's one like of a, those moments where it was just like all this tension was kind of built up and the excitement. And you, like, it was, you could feel it in the air and everybody was all into it. Yeah. And uh, it, it it's it i don't know if you're not in dungeons and dragons you're probably sitting here listening thinking oh my god what the <laughs> fuck is this but uh but it was really exciting at the time and just yeah you know, it, it was like you say it's up to chance so you're kind of playing a dice game as you're like and creating the story around it you know yeah and, and so like if you've ever played yahtzee or like any any type of dice game you know when you get the rolls going it's exciting and it was just one of those yeah. times that it was just like boom 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 it's high score high score high score yeah and then, uh and then low score which really fucked me and then uh <laughs> and then i just decided fuck it i'm just gonna go for it you know M- yeah, make man. it exciting you know and it was it was great. We all had a good laugh about it. Oh yeah. Well, it was a great character decision too. That was like the thing about it. From a role play perspective, I feel like that that one decision just like encapsulated who like Grasgus was gonna be as a character. You know what I mean? It was yeah, that, awesome. That was my character's name, Grasgus. So yeah. Yeah. But uh, it was awesome. It was a total blast. Can't wait to do it again. Yeah. But um, but anyway, um, so you mentioned uh, you kind of mentioned your your kind of media blackout, man. Um, in a in a sense, like I'm still kind of scanning headlines, but I'm just kind of mentally to a point. It's like, yeah, I care. I don't want to say I don't care. I mean, yeah, obviously I care about the direction the country is going in and 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 things. Um, but it's just kind of everything is so political now, and it's just like I'm. It's like political overload for me, you know, yeah. I've just kind of had to like put on the dimmers or the blinders or whatever it is. And just, just kind of just like, yeah, whatever. And then just kind of move on to the things that I actually enjoy, like Dungeons and Dragons, apparently, and, and video games, <laughs> and things like that, you know? Yeah, man. But, uh, but, but yeah, I, I think there does get to be a point when it's just, you can't take anymore, you know? Hmm. Politics are a really interesting thing to me. I I think that we've done a disservice to ourselves in some way, as long as I can remember. And I'll preface this by saying this. I agree with you, dude. Like, I think that there's some times where you just have to take a step back and like, okay, you just have to shut it all down because it gets a little overwhelming. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but especially in today's political climate, but, um, I think that, and, and I don't know what generation it started with, but this idea that you're not supposed to talk about politics, you know what I mean? You're not, you're not supposed to have these discussions with friends. Like it's, it's become taboo. I think it's a really strange position to have. And I think that that position has found us like where we're at in the world. You know what I mean? Cause like guys like you and me, as long as we've been friends, we've, talked about hard issues together even ones that we've disagreed on and never once has it ever like come close to jeopardizing our friendship you know what i mean just because we disagree with each other you know sure yeah yeah but people don't know how to do that and i think it might be because talking about politics has just become you know it's 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 been a taboo thing for years oh we don't talk about oh we don't talk about that and now that it's it's kind of forced in this climate. Nobody knows how to do it and not be an asshole. 
That's true. I think part of that stems out of uh, people just not really want no a knowing how to handle confrontation well, but b they don't want to feel like they're being preached to or having their mind changed and and stuff. You know, it's like, and I'm not saying it's good or bad, but I'm just saying from like a almost like a psychological standpoint, it you know they kind of have their little core belief of like you know I guess you could say political issues. And they don't want that being changed. And when conflicting information, you know, comes at them and, and mm-hmm. makes them question it, and it makes them very uncomfortable, you know, no matter what side you're on. Just Yeah, I, I guess that to me is something that's always that's that's always been a, a strange concept. I um, but I mean, you know me, man, I, I've always been a guy to question everything i've always been a guy that says like this is where my mind is but my mind can change you know what i mean like with 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 new information or or whatever the case might be you know what i mean like that the idea that my my beliefs and my positions have to be static regardless of what new evidence is brought forward is staggeringly ignorant in my opinion yeah, that that's a weird thought to put out there that, you know, there are people that expect things to be static because I've always grown up, you know, in a, in a household, no, no matter what's going on politically or, or what my family believed politically, that you, you never stop learning. You know, there's always things right. to enlighten your mind, to enlighten yourself, you know, you journey through life and you constantly learn and you constantly become a better person. And I to to think that that doesn't happen that you have to just stay in your own head in your own little bubble with your own thoughts your own beliefs regardless of any of the information out there or anything that you're seeing it's weird and you see people or at least I have too like in comment sections on on websites of political articles and things like that uh, no matter what side it's on just weirdly justifying and defending things that if you took away the layer of personal politics and just looked at it from a right and wrong or an ethical standpoint of things that, that, that there would be no justification for it. You could easily say this shouldn't be happening. This should be happening, but there seems to be so much personalization of it. Like if you attack the principle of, of, of the policy or something, then they are attacking that person. And that's not the case. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And well, and there's also this like strange, and I don't remember it happening before now, but there's this strange kind of moral posturing that happens, um, with, with conversation and it, it blows me away. And I'm going to use your wife, Angela, as, as an example, because, um, uh, Angela and I had a very interesting conversation one time, um, because she asked me, she, she said, do you really believe that we are like, that we think that differently? And when you take everything else away, all the, like you said, all the, the politics, all like everything else away, when you got down to the core, what Angela and I care about is people and making sure that we live in a place that we're setting our children up you know what I mean? And and their children up to live in a place where people have the ability to take care of themselves. You know what I mean? People have the ability to, to live good lives. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, sure. 
now Angela and I disagree a whole lot about how we get to that world, but because we can both appreciate that what we're trying to do is build that world. You know what I mean? Like none of the other stuff really matters. Like we can discuss it and, and talk about like why we think this right route might be better or why she thinks this route might be better. You know what I mean? And, and we can talk about why we disagree with those routes, but in the end, like you said, when, when, when we tear everything down, we both know and appreciate that our positions are coming from a place of care for, for our fellow travelers, if you will. You know what I mean? Yeah. I used a real similar analogy once a long time ago. It was for a different topic. It, it was about mm-hmm. religion and stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, the, the analogy that I had is like, okay, if X variable is your destination, if that's where you want to be, whatever it is, um, there's different means to getting there. You can take a, a train, you can take a plane, you can drive, you can walk. All the, the means to the end are going to vary, but all those are mm-hmm. personal to you, and it's sure. your own personal journey that you go on. And if, if, if the destination is the same, then why is there so much disagreement? Why do we like draw lines in the sand over it if I want to take the ca- a taxi cab and you want to ride your bike? So sure. To speak? Um, and I think that that's kind of applicable. Um, I know with the government setting, I mean, that was talking about like personal religion and spiritualism and things like that. Right. And I know in the government setting, what, you know, the policies affect a whole. It's not so personal, it affects everybody. Um, sure. So, I, so I, I understand, you know, you can't quite use it, but I, I, it's very similar to what you're saying. It's the means yeah, it is. to the end. You know, the means can vary, but the end is the same. It's it's the end of the journey, the result where you want to be, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. I, I agree. Um, one of the things that's that's popped up in the in the news that's that's gotten a lot of traction is that Gillette commercial. Have, have you seen that thing? I did. I watched it uh, once or twice when it first came out. Um, I guess that was a few weeks ago now or a week or so. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's been a couple weeks. Yeah. Um, what did you think of it? I thought it was a positive message overall. Um, I didn't really have an issue with it. Um, I, I've seen where people are, you know, upset about it and flushing razors in their toilet and saying <laughs> that they that they alienated their uh, their user base and, and stuff. But sure, I don't see that um, as a whole. Like with the message, I could see mm. where people take offense to certain things, but then again, in a day's day and age, everybody's ready to be offended about everything. So it's like, I don't know the same people that are complaining about, you know, people being offended or getting offended by the ads <laughs> and, and stuff. So yeah. it just seems like sure. And everybody has a platform to preach now. So you get people doing that, but overall, I, I, I don't think it was just about men's, uh, treatment of women or anything about racial inequality or anything. You know, they t- they talked about that stuff, but they also talked about like bullying and being a, a positive role model for the kids and sure. you know, things that they see. So, you know, there's all these people taking negatives from it, but I think if they just watched it with an open mind, there's lots of positives they can take from it too. Interesting. But yeah. What's your take? Well, I got to tell you, I, I have a much different approach than you do uh, to this one, man. I, um, 
I watch it. I, I didn't know what was going on, man. We don't have cable in my house. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah. uh, all the, the TV that we watch is, is on Netflix. So after I started hearing about it, you know, I had to go on YouTube and, and watch it. And I watched through it a couple of times. And um, I, I mean, first of all, like, I'm not, a, I'm not offended by it. You know what I mean? Like a, a company like Gillette is a private company that can feel however way they want to about anything and and they have the right to free speech just just like any of us do you know what i mean so sure um i i certainly wouldn't throw my gillette razor in the in the toilet and flush it because um hey you know, razors don't flush down a toilet very easily <laughs> yeah yeah first of all uh second of all they're not cheap thirdly um uh you know i i support anyone's right to free speech um even even a a, a company's right to free speech. Um, so I'm certainly not offended by it, but, but I feel like they missed the market in a couple ways. Um, I think it's, can I, before, before you jump into it, as yeah. somebody, as somebody hold, just hold that real quick. As somebody who says there's an overall positive message and then you saying missing the mark, I think that's pretty fair to say in some instances, like to me, there was one line in there that I was kind of like, what the fuck? When they said, uh, some men get it right, like almost insinuating, like, uh, like there's only a handful that do, you know, but right. I don't think that that's really what was implied. I would say that's the one line that wasn't, um, necessarily mm-hmm. strong in their presentation because it could, it's a little wishy-washy. It could be interpreted, but I also have an explanation as to why I think think that's there and that's from somebody from myself who's worked in marketing for the past 10 years of my life um and i can talk about that later but i just want to say i did find a few little things here and there that didn't quite uh, i didn't mm-hmm. think it was perfect so when you said yeah. miss the mark that really made me think of that you know sure but, yeah no yeah, i go ahead i, I uh um and no I, I i appreciate that for sure and i i agree with that i i'm of the mind that the whole the whole thing missed the mark and I'll throw it out like this. Right. And some of this is, um, some of this are points that I, I will say I I've heard elsewhere. Some of it is completely my own thoughts. Um, to begin with, I, I actually do believe that the message of the commercial was most men get it wrong. I do actually think that's exactly where they were going with it. Um, and I think it's just kind of apparent in the overall language of the commercial, the overall feel of the commercial. And and I find it very interesting. Um, and, and I think it speaks a lot about our current political climate a little bit. Um, for instance, you and I, you know, I don't know when it was going on a, a little while back, we did an episode on, on Neil deGrasse Tyson and both of us agree um, that first of all, like rape and sexual assault is absolutely wrong. And there's never an instance where um, a victim is to blame for sexual assault. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but I think we have a hard time in our society conflating some issues that, that, and, and adding issues um, kind of mixing issues in with the sexual assault thing. Um, and, and I think we see that in this commercial. Um, for example, there's, there's like the one scene where, 
uh, a guy sees a, a pretty girl walk by and clearly he's attracted to her. He doesn't cat call her. He says something kind of to himself and makes like a, uh, a face to himself and he goes to try to talk to her and this guy comes out like his buddy or whatever and stops and he says not cool man not cool okay well i have to ask the question then how do you meet your wife <laughs> well i honestly i i have a a quick flash of what happened uh, this was like when it first came out i watched the commercial i haven't watched it again yeah but uh i do recall the basically uh what that culminated into and that guy saying not cool, but that guy didn't cat call or anything. He didn't do anything. He made like a face. Like he didn't call out to her like, Oh damn girl. Like what's up? Like, woo! you know what I mean? He didn't do anything like stupid. He saw her walk by and he was like, Oh man. And he kind of made like a face to himself. Like, yo, she's, she's really attractive. And then he went to go try to talk to her. Now here's the deal. The guy could have been a creep. I don't, I don't know. That's the thing. But my point is, is what's not cool that he saw an attractive girl and he thought, man, I'd like to get to know her more. What's not cool? I don't understand. Like if I'm not allowed to see an attractive woman and say, man, I'd like to take her out for a cup of coffee and get to know her or, you know, I'd like to go up and talk to her. You know what I mean? Like if I'm not allowed to do that, then how do I meet my wife? Like how do I, you know, how do I date? or get into a healthy relationship if I'm not allowed to approach somebody like that. Yeah. I feel, I feel like the not cool was extremely premature. Huh? Yeah. I, I went to the video now just to kind of, I'm, you know, I'm not trying to like fact check just to kind of refresh. My no, memory please on fact check. Thing. That's what we do, man. <laughs> but uh, I'm trying to get to that point. I don't see the guy in the street. He's kind of like he's kind of like up against a like a coffee shop or something, if I remember correctly. Um, oh yeah, I see. It just got there. Yeah, he he sees her, and then he looks kind of oh yeah, and then he gets up off the wall to walk towards her as she's walking by. So right, and the guy comes out and says, "Not cool, man. Not cool." And I guess my point is, at that point, the man hadn't done anything not cool, except see an attractive woman and decide that he might want to go talk to her. Well, yeah. I mean, he could go talk to her. He kind of had like kind of a little bit of a sleazy demeanor though. Like it it wasn't like he just like, to me, it didn't look like somebody who was just like interested in somebody. He kind of had like a little bit of like a slyish, like he was was on the tip of his tongue to cat call her. But I think there's assumption and both those paths because he stopped before he does any of it, you know? So there's assumptions, whether he's only going to talk to her, there's assumptions, whether he's going to cat call her, but I, 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 I get what you're saying, but just looking at the guy and the way he's act, it'll, the way he acted a little bit. I, I don't I, think I, it's quite I, as I, simple I, as that. Well, yeah. I, so I'm, I'm actually looking, looking at the commercial now myself. Um, but I don't know, man, I still like, listen, I don't disagree. I look at that guy and I say, okay, that guy's probably a douchebag. I get it. Yeah. But um, I don't live my life by looking at somebody and deciding who they are. I live my life by respecting everyone. Like you don't have to earn my respect. I respect everyone until you give me a reason not to respect you. Now, maybe his friend here knows something about this guy. Like maybe, maybe that's kind of what they're trying to, to get at, but 
up until yeah. this point, the guy hadn't done anything wrong. He just saw a pretty girl and thought, man, I'm going to go talk to her. And there's nothing that's not cool about that. He hadn't yeah. crossed. He hadn't crossed any line. He didn't cat call her. He had the opportunity to, and he didn't. Well, let me, let me pose a question, you know, to you. Sure. So this guy is clearly going to go advance up to this woman to talk to her, to cat call her, to do whatever. I don't know whatever this character is going to going to do. But it's based on this woman just walking down the street, trying to get to where she's trying to go, minding sure. her own business. Sure. Um, now, why can't she get to where she's going or, or walk without somebody like being interested in her purely on her physical look or something like that? You know what I mean? Like, I, I know that's the first thing you're going to see, obviously. And that's the first thing that's going to pique your interest is the way someone looks or you think they're attractive or not. It's purely evolutionary, my man. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, not arguing it. I'm just saying. Yeah. But is the message, is it saying that he's doing something bad? Or is it saying maybe, you know, try to look further than someone's physical appearance? And, you know, if you're just walking down a street trying to get to where you're going. I mean, I don't like when people come out and trying to give me pamphlets and flyers and shit like that. I mean, I've never, you know, I don't really get catcalled or anything. I don't have any experience in that. But I could just imagine, like, if, if that happens. I've seen videos of, of that exact type of thing. And I think this is what they're right. insinuating of where a woman... Uh, recorded her walk of several blocks down the street and got catcalled, you know, a bunch of times and people, you know, harassing her and she's just trying to go get lunch somewhere. I right. mean, I, I get that. I think we should be aware of that. That, sure. that happens. So I think, first of all, I think catcalling is stupid and I've never been a catcaller ever. Okay. Yeah. But I think it's very interesting. And I think this is kind of my point of the political climate in this commercial. This guy did not cat call, but that's what we're talking about. Okay. He, he didn't, yeah. he did nothing sleazy. He did nothing wrong and we're crucifying him already. Now here's the thing. Like this is well, for, we, for, for me, this is kind of what I'm getting at, man. So yeah. when my wife now, when she walked into the room, the first time I, I ever saw her bro, time stopped. I looked at Jason and I said, dude, I'm going to marry that chick. Gabe, that was based solely on looks. Right? Sure. I was, dude, I was 13. You know what I'm saying? Um, but you and Jason, the guy that I said it to at the time, you guys were both uh, in my wedding. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And and you know Becca and I very well, and I think that that you would tell anyone that her and I have a very good and very healthy relationship. Oh yeah, yeah, of course. But it I, started, and I didn't mean to cut you off, but it started by me looking at her and saying, "Golly, there's something about her, dude." And clearly, the only thing I had seen was her her physical appearance at that point. But I made the decision as young as I was to approach her and talk to her. And I wanted to, and I wanted to find out who she was because I was physically attracted to her. Sure. And there's nothing wrong with that. I don't think anybody's would argue that, but, but that's all that this guy did. Exactly. Yeah. What, exactly what I did. 
Well, I haven't seen anybody crucify in the sky. I just, his friend came out and just said, not cool. Not cool. But what's not cool? Like, this is the whole message that we're, that we're saying, right? Some guys get it right, but this guy didn't. What did that guy do that was wrong? Well, I think, well, here's the thing with, with, with marketing. This is, I mean, we could make an hour, two hour, three hour piece with all the backstories and all the wrongs that each one of these people in this thing did, but they're sure. condensing that down to a minute 48. Right. And, uh, and they got to set up scenarios that lead the viewer to believe things. And that happens in any media, whether it's this commercial, whether it's a movie, whether it's a commercial for Downey or what, or whatever. I mean, as somebody who's worked in, in marketing and I actually shot and edited and, and voiceover work sure. with, with actors for videos, you can't, if you're trying to hit a target of under two minutes or a minute 45 or minute 48 or whatever, this ends up being, you don't have the time to, to beat people over the head with all the reasonings. You set up a scenario and lead people to believe something and, 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 and of, of that particular character or that, of that particular situation sure. of that message. Sure. Um, and you have time constraints and in my opinion, like I, I don't see anybody crucifying the sky. I just see the lead up to, you know, the, this quick thing to give you a feel of like this scenario that he's going to go cat call somebody. And I think that goes with the tone of what they're trying to say in the video. I don't think they're saying that you can't go talk to a woman. I'm just saying that I think they're saying that you shouldn't go, you know, chase and catcall people. And I can read into that and see where they're going with it, but also not be offended because I know that's not the case all the time. You know what I mean? It's not every guy sure. trying to catcall somebody. So I think there's, there's, I think, I think there's assumption on both ends. I think there's assumption on, on someone like me who sees this as a positive message of saying, Oh, this is what they're trying to go. This is what they're setting up. This is what they're leading to. I get it. Okay. Um, you can't, you know, if you're trying to wordsmith something down to a minute 48, you can't go into this long explanational sure. thing about what this guy's going to do. You just can't, it's impossible. Mm -hmm. But I think there's also assumption on your side that they're saying that men are doing something wrong because they're going to talk to women which I don't think that's exactly what they're saying. I think they're just trying to illustrate stopping a catcalling or her harassment situation before it happens. And I think they're trying to do that as quickly and concisely as possible. Right. So, and, and I appreciate what you're saying. My problem with it is the irresponsibility in this commercial, in my opinion, is that he didn't catcall, but he could have in the exact same amount of time. He could have even started to cat call standing there like traditional cat calling whistling or, or, or actually saying something. And then the guy come out and stop him. And it would have portrayed and conveyed, excuse me, uh, uh, the message that you're talking about. And sure. if that, if that were the case, I'd have nothing to say about this particular part of the commercial, but that's not what happened. He didn't cat call. He chose to go talk to her instead of cat calling. I don't think that we should be saying that's not cool. Especially, especially in a world where, listen, whether we, we want to believe it or not, talking to women can be crippling for young men. Um, it's just a thing, man. Like, yeah, I, I, listen, I, I know that catcalling is a thing for sure. I, I think it's stupid. Um, I wish it didn't happen um, both ways because um, I just think it's idiotic. But um 
but we I think that we should be careful about what we're portraying. And in the exact same amount of time in this commercial, they could have had this guy cat call and his friend come out and stop him and say, not cool. And then I'd have nothing to say. But what yeah. they show what they showed us was a man who decided not to cat call and instead decided to go talk to a woman. And he gets told that that's not cool. But you're, you're making the assumption that he's going to go talk to the woman when you're saying that. Well, that's what he's doing. Like, if he was going to catcall her, he could have done it just standing there. Well, he could have catcalled her. He says, and then starts to go. You don't know if he was going to go talk to her, if he was going to catcall her. Right. He could have said, he could have said hello when she walked by, too, but he didn't do that. You know right. what I mean? Yeah, listen, I... I so, I, I mean, that, that goes both ways there. I mean, I understand what you're saying, and I'm not telling you you're wrong or anything, but they could have shown him to say hello or something and they, they could have and i would have had the same issue now if his if, if he if if the girl walked by and he said and, and he said something you know as simple as like like oh like hey how are you doing today or something like that and and the buddy came out and said yo not cool not cool i would be having the same conversation because he didn't say anything disrespectful just like he didn't do anything disrespectful there and we don't know if this is this guy's friend or if it's just another guy that that came yeah. out we, we don't really know but um but again but 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 my, my point in saying that, though, is that you're saying that he was going to go talk to a woman. You're assuming and making that decision that that's what he was going to do, just as I'm making and assuming the decision that he was going to go catcall her. But so, I, I mean, think, there's assumption on both sides there. And it's right. Just, but I think that's the problem that I have, Gabe, is that we are getting in a time period now, regardless of what the statistics show, regardless of what's true and what's false. Regardless of the facts, right? We're getting into a position now where that's exactly what we do. We assume that men are going to do the wrong thing. And that is my problem with the commercial, man. Because I, where I really disagree with you is I think that the message of this commercial is most men get it wrong. And we're sitting here making an assumption about a guy in a commercial who's clearly going to do the wrong thing because, you know, he, he has a certain look about him, maybe. I don't know. Um, but what was shown in the time period, they had the opportunity to show us a dirt bag and they didn't, they showed us a normal guy. I'm not totally disagreeing with it. I mean, I give you that for sure. I'm just saying when it comes to marketing and, and stuff like that, and speaking from experience in marketing, there are times that they can, they don't always hit the mark. I get it. And I, like sure. I mentioned that line to you that I kind of struck me a little bit like, eh, you know, but overall, I think they're doing the best they can with their time constraints, with what they're trying to portray. They're not going to knock it out of the park every time. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but, but I understand what they're trying to lead to. Right. And I guess maybe fundamentally, I disagree with you as, as a whole to the point that, you know, I don't, I don't feel like I've seen instances of men get it wrong and blah, 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 you know, like you're saying, it's basically, mm-hmm. basically kind of attacking men. But I don't think overall that that's necessarily the bigger picture of things. I don't think that's necessarily happening. But maybe you've experienced things I haven't, and I'm not one to discredit that from you or anything. But uh, mm-hmm. in regards to just the Gillette commercial, I mean, are there other examples in here besides that one thing? Because that's, that's like well, over a minute into the, the commercial when that happens. So when we when we look at kind of more scenes from the Gillette commercial, like, for instance, the uh, uh, at like second 30 ish, when we're looking at the um, 
when we're looking at the uh, the kind of corporate meeting and the guy with his hand on her shoulder and saying, I think what she's really trying to say is, again, I look at this situation and, and I say I, I see two things. Yeah. In my own anecdotal life and my everyday life, that idea of the hand on the shoulder and the explaining for somebody, I have seen much more go the opposite way than this is showing. Yeah. Um, I've seen it both ways to be honest. I, I've seen, I have seen it both ways. I have seen it both ways, yeah. but I'm talking with like when we're talking about like on just like a hanging out with married couples, for example. Sure. It's almost, I'm going to say it's a good 60, 40 difference. And, and, and my, Experience now. I know this is anecdotal and, and doesn't really hold water, but um, it's it's almost sixty forty. Uh, you see the the woman kind of do that. Oh well, what he's really trying to say is, or no, you got it wrong. It went this way. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, yeah. And um, and I look at this situation, and I I actually really appreciate your perspective on on marketing because it does give me like a perspective that. I haven't thought of before because I don't come from that background. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. What's that? Um, so, well, just your whole perspective on the marketing and trying to fit like the entire narrative that they're trying to fit into in, in these little kind of vignettes and you have like a, a moment. Yeah. yeah. You have like, you know, a minute and 50 seconds to get everything you're trying to show in there. Yeah. And so that was a perspective that I hadn't thought about. And so I, while I, I do appreciate that. And I think that it somewhat applies here. Again, I look at this situation and I say, okay, I have to ask myself something. Sure. What is it that this woman said that made this man feel like he had to cut her off and restate what she said? And if the answer is that she misspoke or that she was saying something that was possibly um, not factual, wrong, not factual or damaging to whatever deal is going on at this table. Um, he's not wrong for cutting her off and she shouldn't feel the only, the only thing she should feel bad about is that she prepared for this meeting and she choked, which is, <laughs> it's her own fucking fault then is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, but that's not a bad thing. She could be anybody that could have been, that could have been a man or woman in that situation. And literally we've all been there, dude. Like I'm yeah. sure that you could think of times in your life where you felt like you were just prepared and you were going to knock something out of the ballpark and you go in and fuck it up. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's my life, man. <laughs> it, well, like, dude, I mean, even like dude in theater, even one time, and it's only happened to me once. I, I have always been the guy that kind of rolled my eyes at people who like forget their lines and things like that, because I've always been really good at memorizing lines, but dude, I played Snoopy one, one time in, um, in the, the Charlie Brown, whatever that's, you're a good man, Charlie Brown. And I got up there to sing my first song and I forgot the words and that kind of like intro, the musicians played that intro for about a minute and a half before I just made something up and, and got myself into it and remembered the words finally. Um, so like, but I was prepared, man. I had done so much rehearsal and I fucked it up. That's okay. Like it's not because I'm a man, you know what I mean? It's not because I'm, I'm bad 
on so stage. An, I just so, fucked it up. So did another better dressed, bigger Snoopy come out and put their hand on your shoulder and say, I got it. What he's trying to sing is and then take your lines from you. Um, no, it was actually <laughs> it was the stage manager who did it, who happened to be a female. Uh, no, I'm just joking. <laughs> That's terrible. That's terrible. Um, no, what's what's funny is nobody knew what was going on because. I mean, at that point, I had done plenty of shows with that particular theater company and not once, Gabe, not once had I ever dropped a line. He's having a stroke. Oh, my God. But yeah, dude. Like, I, I it's a really interesting. They like and they said, man, like it, they said, like all the like like the the comms that they were on, you know, like the, the little headpieces on. They said everyone was silent. And then all of a sudden, um, the director who was in the back got on a headset and said, what is going on? <laughs> and that, that was like all that was said because everybody was just like, what is happening? You know what I mean? But but all I'm saying is like uh, it, when we're looking at this situation um, in the Gillette commercial, again, we're looking at a situation where what we're assuming is that this asshole in the suit and tie is an asshole. Yeah. Like we're assuming that. And that's not right. Yeah, I don't I don't think. And, and I will say that I do have that kind of new perspective you know what I mean? About the marketing and everything like that. And sure. and I, and I do appreciate that perspective and it makes a lot of sense to me. Right. Uh-huh. Um, but then there are things that listen, there are things that I agree with in this commercial. Listen, uh, you can't expect anybody to stand up for themselves and five against one odds. It just, it's not going to happen. You know what I'm saying? Um, so the kid that's getting bullied, I mean, there's not much you could do there other than take your beating. You know what I'm saying? Like you can try to fight, but you're going to get, I mean, it's five to one, dude. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, so, you know, I, I agree that, that we need to be teaching young, we need to be teaching our kids in general, not to prey on the weak. First of all, um, I, I, I teach my kids that all the time, but then they go a step further and they show these two boys that are wrestling. Um, and I don't, I mean, I don't know if it, if it shows that they're angry at each other or they're doing anything more than just wrestling, but you know, that the dad comes over and is like, Hey, we don't play that way, boys. But it's like, no, nah, man, that's exactly how we play. I'm an adult and I still play that way. I took from that, that they were, in a physical argument about something and they, sure. you know, it got physical. I didn't think that they were wrestling or playing. Like if you look at the expressions on their faces, yeah. When that's happening, it does, it's not enjoyment of playing. It's yeah. I, I, know, I definitely agree with that. And but the one kid that's on those back on the, gr- on the, on the ground there has a, a, like a grimace on his face. Like he's trying to get the kid off of him. So yeah. Yeah. And I agree. I think that they were sh- trying to show, um, skimming over it again. I think that they were trying to show that they were in a fight, but I have a really big problem with teaching boys um, that it's never okay to fight. Um, well, to be fair, he doesn't say never. He just says it's not how I treat each other. Which right, is true. But, you don't fight over. And, and again, this is where my, my perception has shifted a little bit because of, of your, marketing perspective it really and truly man i think it was really good because it again it was just something i hadn't thought of but um 
but for me in that moment, because this is a thing, dude, and I've seen it again with, with, with my son being in school. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and I've told you the story of him kind of standing up to a bully who had his sights set on him for the better part of a week. He tried to get the teachers involved. The teacher said, just ignore it. But the second my son had had enough and punched this kid in the mouth and dropped him. Now all the students wanted all, now all the teachers want to get involved and make my son out to be the bad guy. Yeah. Um, and that's a, that. right. That. No, yeah, I agree. Yeah, it is. A, it is bullshit for sure. Because sometimes you have to hit somebody in the mouth. Um, but I feel like, I feel like that that falls into that idea that sometimes you have to hit somebody in the mouth falls into this greater idea of uh, toxic masculinity. Um, and I, I you're saying, yeah. And, and I feel like that is the message that we're pushing um, in this commercial. Now, again, here's what I'm going to say. I have a Gillette written dude. Well, first of all, I haven't really shaved and fucking, I don't know how long, but um, I do have a Gillette razor. I used Gillette razors when I was in the military and here's the deal, dude. If I ever decide to go clean shaven again, I'm probably going to use that Gillette razor. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Uh, because they have an absolute right to free speech and I'm not offended by this, but I personally feel like, um, they framed this entire commercial in a way that says, Hey guys, we're really fucking it up. Some of you guys are doing okay, but most of you guys are really fucking it up and we need to change. Um, yeah. See, I, and, I look at it a little differently. I look at it as a chance, you know, pointing out things that we can rise above and do better, but not necessarily that we're fucking it up, you know, as a whole. Aside from that line that I said I had issues, and what I was going to talk about was the whole marketing standpoint. So I already kind of touched on that, so I don't want to go oh, back okay. and, and speak again about it. But it just comes down to like wordsmithing, which is a thing. You know, should we should we say some? Should we say all? Should we say a certain amount? Should we say a percentage? You know, all these conversations are being had in the background. You know, and it could just yeah. be sloppy writing that someone just threw it in there. It could be that the lines that were written weren't working and they just said uh, they need to take a quick take. And somebody's like, all right, just, just give me a few different lines and with timing purposes and stuff, something like that actually fit in the commercial better. So they kept it, you know, there's things like that that happen all the time. Sure. Like, like these things that are scripted, there's 50 different variants of it. And, you know, they're taking these, uh, recording on, on, on set, you know, live and in that setting, you know, they're also kind of, you know, going with the flow, trying different things just so they can have what they need when they take it all back to the editing room, you know? Sure. So that, that's kind of what I chalk that up to. But, uh, but other than that, you know, I, I don't look at it as it's saying that we're all fucking up, but, uh, I guess you feel different. <laughs> yeah, no, well, I, and I do, man, because, um, and, and again, going along with what you're saying, what I'm going to add is for me, if we decide as a company, right? Like, let's say you and I, as a podcast, we're going to put a commercial out there and we decided that we were going to make a strong political stand yeah. with, with our commercial. I would come from the approach that everything that we say needs to be spot on. We need to be able to take responsibility for everything that we say. We can't fuck it up here. 
You know what I mean? Because we're putting it out there. And especially a company with as much money as Gillette um, should have gotten this better, I think. Unless this is the message that they are trying to, to push out, the one that I got from it. If that's the message that they are trying to put out, then good on them. They did a good job with it. Um, I disagree <laughs> with the message, but they, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. But for me, I think the entire, not the entire thing, but I think, um, I think you do the world more justice if in that one line that we're talking about they do say most men get it right it doesn't take up any more time you know what i mean what is it that they actually say at the beginning there i want to play it real quick yeah yeah please do all right so what i gathered is some already are but some is not enough but some is not enough so uh so I think what they're trying to say is just that we all need to hold each other accountable and hold ourselves up to a higher standard as as a, a as a race as a you know human species. I mean they have Terry Crews up there saying men need to hold other men accountable. They have fights be- between some kids on the street that an adult you know broke up and made them shake hands and stuff. Right. I mean I don't. I don't see anything you know, wrong with that. And I don't think you're saying anything's wrong with that. Like you're, I, you know, you're saying that you think the message as a whole whole is, you know, toxic masculinity and we're all fucking up, you know, but I don't, right. I don't necessarily see that when I watch that. I mean, I could pick that out if I really wanted to. Well, um, so if I'm not mistaken, and I don't mean to cut you off. If I'm not mistaken, Terry Crews in particular is talking about um, uh, his, his experience of a man grabbing his crotch, which is what happened to you with a woman. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 Um, and then, you know, we start with this whole and you hear the me too. And then you hear like all the sexual allegations and, and all these things. And it's like, dude, I have an issue with the idea that men are rapists. I don't see anything. I understand what you're saying. I do. I'm not, I'm not arguing with you. I'm just saying when I watch the ad, I don't see anything that says, yeah, men, most men are rapists, which is a strong statement that you said, you know, not that they necessarily say, but that they're insinuating or whatever. But there's a myriad of subjects in here, not just sexual assault. I mean, they never sure they never peg rape as an actual thing in here. Yeah, like, there's like the whole there's like the whole thing that like the whole wall of the sexual assault allegations, sexual assault and rape. I mean, are they two different things? They can be, but they go yeah. hand in hand. I mean, I, mean, I, I, I would we, separate sexual harassment and rape, but sexual assault and rape do go hand in hand. They go hand in hand, but the lady that grabbed your, your wiener, and I'm sure she probably grabbed it with two hands, but... No, uh, there was, well, there was two, there was actually, <laughs> there was actually two ladies and both of them grabbed it with one hand. But, uh, <laughs> but they didn't rape you. I don't think you would say that they raped you, but they, that's sexual assault. You're right. Look, I will. I'll. I will concede that you're right. So I mean, just when you say the wall of sexual assault and all that, they're not like fingering rape, you know, in in the uh, in the video. They they talk about bullying. They talk about rape. They talk about holding ourselves to standards. They talk about personal responsibility, which I'm big on personal responsibility. I love you personal know? responsibility for and sure. They're saying we all need to be more personally responsible and, and hold others to, to that level of responsibility. To me, that's, that's the message in this, and not that men are evil, that we have an opportunity to be the best we can be. And that goes along with their company slogan and tagline. Sure. I mean, that, that's all I really get from it. 
you know, which is which is really interesting, man, because like for me, I'm looking at so we'll call it sexual assault. I'll take back the rape and say like, sure. so most most men then are guilty of sex or are sexual assaulters waiting to happen. You know what I mean? Like that that kind of idea. And then, um, you know, we talk about bullying and we're making this whole thing about toxic masculinity. Here's the thing, dude. You want to see the most vicious bullying in the world. It comes from women. You know what I mean? Like most women body issues come from other women. You know what I'm saying? Like when's the last time you went on a date, man. And like the, the person that you were going on a date with uh, was wearing something. And I, I don't know, you body shamed them or whatever. I mean, have you ever done that? Uh, usually if it's somebody I'm jealous of, that's like they're in really good shape. There you go. You know? There <laughs> you go. <laughs> Uh, look at that meathead in that t-shirt and then on the inside like man i wish i had biceps like that well, no i was talking about i was talking about a female like when, when's the last time you like body shamed a female for something that she was wearing uh never do that really right dude like uh, neither have i now if my wife tries on something at the store and she asks me if it looks good and i don't think it looks good i'll tell her that yeah. you know what i mean but like I, you know, just because, oh, it, it's sitting on you funny or whatever, you know what I mean? It's the piece of clothing. I think my wife is beautiful. You know what I'm saying? Like, but women are the most vicious bulliers and we're acting like bullying is part of this toxic masculinity, but we never talk about toxic femininity then. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, and well, I mean, if that's something you want to talk about, I mean, I, I don't really have any experience in that. So I don't really know what to really talk about that with any type of uh, relativity or facts or anything. But if it's something you experience, I mean, by all means, throw it out there, man. Yeah. Well, I mean, like I, you know, I, I have three sisters, um, you know, I've grown up around plenty of females. I, you know, I've seen it happen sure. uh, e- even to my wife and and to like my boss is a female, for example. And um, and I will say that she does have like we do. There is one guy who's kind of above us who um, just doesn't treat her right. And the only thing that I can think of is because she's a woman. I mean, that just is what it is. So like, I'm not saying that that sort of thing doesn't happen because it does. And I've witnessed that, but, um, most of the vitriol that she gets, right. Like, you know, she's my friend and she just so happens to also be my boss, but in our workplace, most of that, um, kind of nastiness comes from other women and it comes from other women spreading things about her sleeping with her boss to get where she's at. And th- none of these rumors are coming from men. They're all coming from the females. Cause the men don't give a shit. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, and I've seen that sort of thing happen time and time again. Like I've never seen, and this is a big one, right? Like I've never seen a man say about a woman, like, Oh, like she, she's a whore. She's a whore. You know what I mean? Like, well, like most of that man say something like that. Okay. Here we I've I've seen it. I mean, I've seen a lot of that to be honest. And I, even within the last couple of years, I worked for somebody that I just think is, was a despicable human being and I'm glad I don't work for them anymore. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, like everything out of his mouth was, uh, very sexual, misogynistic, sure. uh, calling people whores and all types of stuff. And sure. I just didn't want any part of it. And neither did any of the other guys that worked for him either. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Okay. So let me, and that's an, actually, I'm glad, 
I'm glad I didn't cut you off because I didn't explain myself very well. I guess what I was, what I'm talking about is like, um, and I really didn't convey this well. I'm talking about like actually like, like actively bullying a female for being a whore, right? Like, um, I have heard other guys with other guys talk about how this female is a whore and I'm with you, dude. Like, I don't really have any time for conversations like that. You know what I mean? I don't like, yeah, I'm with you, dude. Um, and, and like you said, most of the men that, that you worked with weren't about it either. Yeah. And that was like a daily occurrence. And like, we were all just sick of it, you know? Yeah. But, but I meant that like, you know, you, you, you hear the stories of the female who in high school, for example, who sleep sleeps with her boyfriend. And next thing you know, she's getting bullied at school for being, you know, the school slut or whatever. Sure. Yeah. Um, and when you look at that happening almost always, in all the cases that I've seen that bullying is coming from females, the information got out one way or the other. And it could have been the boy who put the information out there. Cause you know, he was happy. He got laid or whatever the stupid case might be. I'm not saying he's right for that, but, um, but the bullying of the, of the female almost exclusively comes from other females, but we act like again. And even in this commercial, we see like, bullying being portrayed as this like toxic masculinity thing. And I'm saying, if we're going to talk about bullying, I mean, let's talk about it. Let's talk about not teaching your kids to have a a victim mentality. Let's talk about like real bullying and how it's changed because of the internet and how it comes from everywhere. It's not a toxic masculinity issue. It's a man and female issue because kids don't raise their kids. Right. You know what I'm saying? Or because people don't raise their kids. Right. There's somebody that I went to school with, uh, to be honest, like I, I was, I didn't really know them, know them. I just sure. knew, knew of them and people are posting about it on Facebook. Yeah. There's a woman and she lost her daughter. I guess her daughter committed suicide due to bullying or stuff this, this past, past year. But I mean, it, it was a girl and you know, there's been multiple instances of that, uh, females doing that as well, I think as, as males too. Um, but I mean, you're absolutely right. It, it is a thing. I mean, girl on girl bullying is a thing. I mean, they make a, a movie called Mean Girls. I, I yeah. you know, I'm, it touches on that type of stuff. But, uh, but I, I think bullying exists across the board. I don't think it's exclusively female. But I do. I understand what you're trying to say and get at. I just don't know. You know, and I don't think it's fair to say it's like exclusively them because I don't think it is i mean uh, there there were times i mean i wasn't really bullied in in school because i was kind of you know bigger when i was younger and stuff but Ooh, you was the chubby kid i was the chubby kid but i mean i i they were, i saw my friends that were kids that were smaller than me getting bullied by people and i i jumped up in the bully's face and, and got in the way and you know yeah. told, told them to shut the fuck up or do something about it you know and yeah. i'm right there and they Hell wouldn't do yeah. anything and uh, that was multiple instances. And it's the same thing with uh, with guys yelling shit at somebody I was friends with who was like an oddball type of guy. You know, he wasn't he was like kind of a social outcast, but he was an interesting guy and I had made friends with him. Sure. But he would get bullied on the daily. And I used to see it before I actually became friends with them. And I would tell people to, you know, again, I stand up for him. But I mean, it, it happens across the board. You know, to me, when I first saw the guy lean down in this ad and say that's not how we treat each other 
I, I kind of laughed to myself because I felt like if the little shit was being a dick to the other kid, the other kid should knock the crap out of him. You know what I mean? Right. And the kid will stop. But that's uh, toxic masculinity, bro. I don't really feel that way. And I, I, don't, I don't think many other people feel that way. I know for a fact when it comes to bullying and stuff, uh, like in regards to, to my son, you know, if a little shit says something to him at school or something, my wife and I both have said, you stand, you have every right to stand up for yourself and knock the shit out of somebody. If you have no other option, if you can't, if the teacher won't intervene or, or something, you don't have to stand there and take it, knock the shit out of them. You know, those, those teachers are going to be the ones that accuse you of perpetuating toxic masculinity. I don't care what the fuck they accuse me of. I mean, I've, 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 I've myself, and my wife are big proponents of, you know, human, human rights, women's rights. Uh, you know, we've gone to marches, we've done all types of stuff. You know, mm-hmm. I tend to be left leaning socially with things. Sure. Um, not to like get in, throw my politics out there and stuff, but Ooh. at the same time, I, I can, I can be liberal in my social aspects of life, but no when someone's being a dick and have no problem calling out saying, knock the shit out of them. And my wife, as as liberal as she is in in, in, in ways, says the same fucking thing, you know? So right. I, I think the problem is not so much the divisiveness of the left and the right and the and and you know, you're on this side and you're on that team. So you have to think that way. And you know, same with over here on this side of the spectrum. It's the fact that every fucking asshole has an outlet on the internet. They know all the fucking solutions to everything and criticize everything to death. But it's it's all just kind of self-serving validation. It's not really real, but it gets swept up in all this. And then you have people like you and me sitting here discussing it. And and to me, the Gillette ad set out and did exactly what it meant to do, whether you agree with it or not, because we sat here and have talked for two hours about this fucking ad. Yeah, listen, I, I agree. Listen, I agree 100% with that. I don't, I don't disagree with that at all. I would just say that I feel like the term toxic masculinity as it's used by most kind of extreme left um, people encompasses things that maybe you wouldn't necessarily call toxic masculinity, but they are. So sure. it's apparent in the Gillette commercial, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and those are the things um, and I, I didn't mean to, to stop you, but um, those are the things that bother me because they're things that are not, in my mind, a part of anything toxic. Yeah. Well, I think that's the difference between internet culture and real life culture. I think whether it's, you know, we've been talking about the toxic masculinity and even throwing out, you know, from the left and all that stuff. But the fact is, there's terms across the board on the internet that are being slung back and forth and encompass this and encompass that. But it's all just shit on paper. I mean, it's, it's a Jackson Pollock painting and it's just shit being <laughs> strewn everywhere, but it's not sure. real life. It's not real life. And people get so mixed up in, Oh, I saw this online and blah, 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 blah. blah. And, but yet if they step outside away from their computers, they're not talking to other people like that. They're they're not engaging with other people like that. They're not sitting mm-hmm. there preaching at somebody like that. They're getting along and they're solving their differences and they're talking about it. But we're getting this shit shoved at us and then we get all wrapped up in it. And we're yeah. so we get distracted in it. And then we think and start acting like it's real life and it's not, you know? 
That's an interesting perspective. Um, but I will say, um, I will say that I do feel like just this, this past year, and I don't want to put his name out there because, um, because I just don't want to, but I do feel like this past year that I lost a, a very good friend of mine, a man I went to war with, in fact, um, because of political issues and differences. Um, and he got to the point where he was militant in, in his beliefs and, and everybody that was, um, everybody that was white and conservative leaning was racist. Yeah. And dude, that shit, man, I don't get hurt feelings very often. Um, but I, I do feel like that, that our friendship suffered because of that, because I, I don't agree with him. You know what I mean? And I've seen in other circumstances, people that I wouldn't necessarily call my friend, but, um, you know, people that I knew that I was friendly with, if that makes sense, who, uh, have chosen to, um, have chosen to now keep their distance uh, from me. Um, And most of that comes from the fact that I'm an intelligent guy who will and can defend my viewpoint. If it's, you know, if, if need be, you know what I mean? And I don't mean defend from any sort of like, I I don't mean defend in, in like an aggressive manner. I feel like in this conversation, I've defended my, viewpoint sometimes poorly you know what i'm saying like all i'm saying is it's not like necessarily a conflict you know what i mean in my mind yeah because i don't because we're not fighting clearly you know what i'm saying like um but uh but i have dude i have seen people and i think that you're right and part of what you said about it it kind of being shoved at us um but i will say that what is what is upsetting is is that it's becoming real life yeah, I'll give you and, that. It becomes real life when people, and I, I think that's part of the the point of some of this. Not necessarily the Gillette commercial. I'm yeah, not saying that, but in in the sense of you know keeping people divided, making them feel like they have to be on this side or that side. And I think when you lose real friendships over things like that, it's it's sad because they're they're putting themselves in a pocket that's not real. They're, 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 they may believe certain things. You believe certain things that don't flow with what I'm saying, but at the end of the day, I know we're both good people and you know, that doesn't affect our friendship. Right. But if someone allows that to, they've, they've already made the decision to go gung ho and be brainwashed into a certain sect, whether it's left or right leaning, whatever, you know, it happens on both sides. Um, so I, I mean, I'm sorry, man. I feel for you. That that's sad, but I think you just got to look at it, you know. And I don't mean to like be dismissive or anything of that friendship, but that person made their decision, and you know their yeah. beliefs. Their beliefs are more important of you know, to, in my opinion, beliefs of self validation. They started believing something and then feel they have to defend it and you know get rid of all information and deflect anything that opposes it, and that includes personal relationships, and, yeah. and that's happening a lot, you know. Um, but, uh, I mean, if, if, if they're going to do that, I mean, I always kind of live life. Like if you lose somebody like that, are they, were they that 
dear, that real of a, of a friend or relationship in the first place. You know what I mean? I, yeah. And here's the deal. Most of the time I, I would absolutely be right on that train. The difference in what made that, that specific instance harder for me is that he was. Yeah. Sucks, you know what I mean? Man. Like dude was my brother, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and, uh, and and it's it's crazy, you know what I mean? And it and it just so happens that that he is a black man, and um, and uh, dude, it really is a crazy thing, man. Because like this is a guy that not only knows that I I come from an interracial family, you know what I mean? Um, but would have fought anybody for years that even uh thought to call me a racist or something like that you know what i mean like yeah um and and like i said like we we went to war together man um and it it was still that dividing for him like he can't marry the idea that I can have these of you, these views that seem more conservative. I'm not a Republican. Let me throw that out there for everybody to hear. You know what I mean? Like to throw my political views out there. I'm not a Republican. I do have some more conservative views. And some of those views nowadays um, are lumped into this idea that I must be racist because I'm not uh, a, a, a liberal, you know what I mean? Which is crazy, man. And, um, and here's the thing. I mean, I'll live, you know what I mean? It sucks yeah. and, it, and it hurt, but I, I do have plenty of, of really good friends. You know what I mean? I got friends that are more like family, like you and Angela and, and Jason and Martha, you know what I mean? Um, but you know, that doesn't mean that it, it didn't suck. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. I know what you mean. And that's, that's what I hate, man. And And that's what makes me appreciate the fact that, that you and I, and, and Angela, I know that she, you know, she doesn't hop on the podcast really, but you know, when we're together and, and have these conversations, man, um, it makes me appreciate you guys even more. Cause I know, you know, um, and this is probably a good place to, to end what we got going on, but, um, you know, at the end of the day, like, you know, that I love you. And if you needed something, you could call me and vice versa. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, same, same, man. I mean, in fact, I think it was just a few nights ago, I was driving in the car and I was just saying i was recapping the whole D D thing talking with angela and yeah. stuff and i was just saying like how grateful i am to have a, a friend in you that is someone who is like family to me you know and i, I yeah. look at you as family i don't look at you as a friend you know me too dude me too and uh and just that you know the things that i have going on in my life my son my wife my friendships you know the, the people that i our family to me, you included in that, you know, that it's yeah, just, I mean, I'm in a really good spot, you know, and I'm just thankful for everything, you know? Hell yeah, man. Me too, dude. Yeah. And, and, and we dude, and, and that's something that I think that we want to throw out to, to all you guys listening um, that are continuing to listen to us. Um, guys, the media is throwing a lot of stuff and the world is changing so much, but um, just like me and Gabe can have different viewpoints on some things like we did tonight, like, you can still love each other, man. You can still be good people. Like it doesn't mean you guys have to be assholes. We can disagree. You know what I mean? And, um, and, yeah. and still embrace each other as family. And, and I hope that 
that you guys have listened to us to get kind of serious. I mean, this is a little more serious than maybe we've been in the past, I think, but um, I really genuinely hope that if you get nothing else, but a, a, a few laughs out of our, out of our podcast, that's awesome. But if you're going to get something really good from what we do on the air here, I hope that it's that you get that people can love each other and care about each other and also disagree with each other. Um, that makes the world such a beautiful place. You know what I mean? It really does. And in fact, I think that's what happens when you find strangers in the Alps. Hello! One, two, three, four! Mm-hmm.